Hello everyone, there was a slight delay this week on production. We recorded this on June the 20th. Hope you enjoy it. According to the profile I'm looking at, Fred is 5'7", 137 pounds. That's impossible. Are you looking at teenage Fred Savage? No. (laughs) Are you you looking at Wonder Years era Fred Savage? I think that's what you've clicked on. All right, welcome to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesko. It is good to have us all together again. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks. We Listen, we had to take some time at the beach. But you know what? At we least still... you two, not me. Well, that's true. Your time's coming. I hope. Uh, okay, maybe. Well, I, yes, maybe. Okay, maybe. Waiting but, for the rapture. Hey, <laughs> we've been putting good content out there. Yeah. The summer just means we have to do things a little bit differently. Which is why we're here today. Mm-hmm. Which is what we're going to do today. To talk about the World Cup. No. No, we're not. <laughs> Brian, I think I've said this about three times to you guys. Before and now in front of the mic, this is not a World Cup podcast. It's uh, not. You're right. Now that you say it like that, it, it sparks my memory. But man, it's occupying so much of my soccer thoughts right now. Well, sure. What are we going to talk about if not the World Cup today, Scott? Well, I'm glad you asked, Brian. I'll tell you. Once a month throughout the summer, we're going to just take a a dive into the workings of the transfer market to date. Okay. So far, there have been 26 signings among the 20 clubs of the Premier League. That's a lot. There are. Seems like a lot. Most of them we're not going to spend much time on at all. However, there have been some significant signings so far, and so what we're going to do is what we do best. We're Come gonna take, on, you got us! We will, we will start there, Dave, <laughs> for you. We will start there. Great. We're going to take a look at these signings and answer the question, is this fantasy relevant or not? In other words, in or no? Yeah. Will you transfer these players in? If not at the start of the season, do you think it might happen at any point in the season, or is this a no-go? Entirely, and this is tough. This could be tough for some of the guys. Cause, hey, we'll make it work. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I'm not scared of it, of it being tough. You scared to make a prediction, Dave? No, I, I listen. I am on the record of failing miserably and winning some predictions. That's true. So, but yes, it's uh, I, uh, predictions never scare me. Okay, well then let's jump right in. We'll start with the big six, including Dave's. Favorite club, Arsenal. Two significant signings, I would say, so far. Uh, new manager, Unai Emery, looking to strengthen mm. at the back. Is he doing it, though, well, with my, his signings? Can I ask Dave a question about this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Dave, can you please make a case for Arsenal signing a 34-year-old player of any kind so at this point? Let's specifically, yeah. Steven Lichtsteiner. Yes, thank you. Defender are you sure from that, are, you, are you sure you said that correctly? I, this sure sounds like what it looks like. All right. Is Arsenal a club that needs to strengthen their defense, stronger in defense, with Steven Licksteiner as a defender signing? Great question. One of which I don't know the answer to. But I will say this. Some guys are able to kind of test father time, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Steven Licksteiner... There's no N. It's not Lichten, is it? I'm no. going to have to learn nope. how to say no. that. You, you were you'll trying get to there. name the country. Licksteiner. Yeah. 
Um, hey, you had to learn Rob Holding. You can learn Steven Licksteiner. <laughs> but every every clubhouse needs someone in there who has a habit of winning. Okay. He's been playing for Juventus for the last seven or eight years, won many titles with them. Not bad. He's a guy who doesn't miss many games in his career. In other words, he doesn't get injured. So okay. I think he's one of those guys that that uh, you can stick out there and, and continue to play. Also, he's the captain of the Swiss national team. Okay. I think That's that true. goes We've, for something towards leadership. This is I not a World a good, Cup pos- podcast, but we watched him knocking Neymar around. Yeah. I, this, I think in the first uh, match against Brazil. I think he is a great addition because he's not going to require a ton of money. I think he's going to be a good LRD locker room Wasn't dad. it free? And I think he's going to push Bellerin. I don't know. He plays the same position as Bellerin. Right. I don't think he's going to take his position. But when it comes to cup games and other things, along with leadership and challenging Bellerin for a spot, I think it's a good. I think it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. I heard a whole lot of nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to be honest with you. Just word of warning: I'm going to be extremely sure. pessimistic about a lot of these guys as we go through this list. Absolutely. Starting with Steven Lichtsteiner. Okay. Uh, what I heard is a, a no-go entirely for fantasy. Yeah. If all he's playing in is cup matches, 34 years old, Arsenal's already weak in defense, probably not getting much better if this is your only signing. If he can't even push Hector Bellerin out, who was nowhere near my fantasy lineup last year, Lichtsteiner's going nowhere near it. it the Bellerin who finished like fifth or uh, seventh in total points last year? Mm-hmm. The only defender from Arsenal I owned for any period of time last year was Kulishin. It's early in the season. Right when there was some relevance to him. Yes. Look, I didn't own Bellerin either, but let's be fair, where he finished fantasy-wise. Sure. He's in the top 10. So Licksteiner, in or no? No, I don't see him playing. Brian? I just see him as depth, so no. That's it. That's it. It's all he is. And maybe, at best, a locker room dad. Or or a spell yeah. or a spell guy. Give Bellerin a breather. Yeah. Or you're up 2-1 right. at 80 minutes, yeah. and you want to bring in a fifth defender. Something, something Co- to that extent. Completely agree to that, yeah. Now, I might change my tune for the other guy Arsenal has signed, most recent signing, goalkeeper, Bernd Burnt. You, you want to call him Burnt? That's I fine. am. All I'm right. going to roll with Burnt Leno. Okay, And on, it's probably Leno or probably has an, I'm going to Americanize it. Good. Americanize that's, that's the best it. way to do it. Yeah, sure. Burnt. By all indications, new starting goalkeeper for Arsenal. Seems I think like he has that. to be. I think he has to be. You know what my favorite thing about Barrett Leno Tell is. Tell me. His, uh, the nickname that he got in the 2013-2014 season in the Bundesliga. What, which is what? Elfmeter Killer. <laughs> Elfmeter Killer, which is penalty killer. Yeah. Mm. He has a knack. He saved six penalties. That's, it's not at all German. He, he's the anti-check. Six penalties that year, but Dave. Since then, so the independent reminded us, he's only stopped one of his last twenty-seven mm. penalties. Twenty-seven? Yes. Good lord. Um, no, it, it's look. You can't argue with youngest keeper to ever play in the Champions League, and was twice named best keeper in the Bundesliga by Kicker Magazine, Germany's yeah. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Okay. No, all right, so all of that leads to me asking this very important question for our podcast, which is this. Decent keeper in front of a average back four? Well, currently, 
Currently, yes. yes. So, but you think more is on the way? Well, I don't know. Can Emery get more out of, the, of who is there? I think okay. that's probably the question. Okay, right? so we're doing this. You know, we'll, we'll be doing this once a month during the summer. So this this could change by the time we get to July's sure. version of this episode and August's you know, right. preview pod of the season. But as things stand right now, Leno has potential to be fantasy relevant. Right? Yeah. But I probably won't go there. I Depends. could probably do more. So if he's he I don't think he'd be priced at a five point five. I would not take him at a at a five point five bedillion dollars. If he's at a five point oh, start with if he's at a four point five I can't I imagine well, that's the, I think that's the problem with the, the top with the top six. You're doing it again. Is that though. it's gonna be is that it's gonna be they get they get jacked up prices because of the name value, which mm, is annoying. True, but you're also <laughs> falling into the value trap, Dave. You have fallen into the value trap. I don't care what his price is. The question is, will he score okay, points? Okay, I'll say this. Yes. For the first two weeks, I'm not sure I want to own any Arsenal defender because I don't know what we're going to get because they start off with City and Chelsea, right? That is absolutely true. After that, then their schedule gets very nice for a little while. So I think that's probably going to be my strategy. I'm not scared to own Obama Yang to start the year. But, but we'll hold maybe on Leno. See how those first yes. couple of weeks go. If and, it's a and, train wreck, yeah. wait till they write Lick the ship. Steiner, no. Okay. Well, and you'd have to wait too. And that's why I was going to ask if you know if you want to linger for one second on the defenders that will actually be in front of him. You assume Mustafi. You assume Bellerin. Probably Nacho is going to have to deputize in there somewhere because he's going to have to probably do what he did last season because Kashani's not going to be ready. We wouldn't think for no. the start of the season. No. So you're just going to be with some of those same dudes, barring a new signing. So I don't know how you're going to feel good about. Uh, the Arsenal defense in any, any way, for, any more than you were in the at, has, at the end of last season. Lichtsteiner has started for Juventus like almost every game for the past seven or eight years, and he's currently the, starting every game for the Swiss national team and the captain. Maybe he does start. I mean, saying all they that, they just bump Bellerin up. Have he him wants play to play what effectively anyways. is right back. What a tool. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> hey, maybe I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me saying all that. I I don't know how I feel about that. I know I get it. I, I don't either. I, I won't. Either. Go, I won't go near him to start for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, those are Arsenal's two signings to date. Let's jump down to another top six club, which is Liverpool. So far, lots of rumors about Liverpool, but just one confirmed signing, and that is from Monaco midfielder Fabinho. Um, Scott. Yes. It sounds like mm-hmm. from what the little bit that I've seen of him that uh the expected casualties here are Jordan Henderson and James Milner. That he would come in uh the exact quote from a uh, reporter also at the Independent uh that Fabinho will be asked to hold the fort in front of the back four. That he was paired with uh Bakayoko at Monaco in the deepest the deepest part of a four-two-two-two. Yes. So it seems like this is one of the few times we can almost celebrate the fact that even though he will be a Liverpool midfielder, mm-hmm. he will not be part of the Liverpool midfield conundrum <laughs> that has plagued fantasy for no less than the last two seasons. I believe you're right. Now, he did score eight goals across all competitions in France last year. Okay. However... I believe you're right. Fabinho, to me, strikes me as someone 
who is not going to be fantasy relevant himself, but is going to make the defense behind him for Liverpool yeah. and the offense in front of him more fantasy relevant in his yeah. presence. It would so the the specific article that I was looking at was by uh, Daniel Zakiri at the Independent, and okay. I felt like he did a really good job uh, figuring out where where he will be and why his placement matters in shoring up, uh, especially, you know, what was like, I think he used the term, I mean, he, he said it and it's not a bad description, helter skelter mm -hmm. to describe the Liverpool playing style last season. And so adding somebody like this, that is yes. uh, solid in possession, somebody that is, that is able to cover a ton of ground, but that's going to be playing back further. will will significantly improve uh, counterattack will Dejan Lovren's play and we'll <laughs> he'll cover Lovren well that it would significantly significantly improve also their defense when they are being countered mm -hmm. that's right so I feel like that this seems like yet another really great Liverpool I think this signing. is an amazing signing yeah. I did not realize this and this makes me like it even more he's six foot two yeah he's a big dude he's a big dude they yeah. talked about that that he was that trying to play him in defense at center back or anything like that he was, was there were or there were times where either going forward or playing back too far that his size uh ended up becoming not a disadvantage but definitely you know that that finding him just what would be in the defensive midfield ended up being kind of ideal for mm. his overall size and skill set. So I yeah, I I think it's great, but there's no way you're if he was five dollars, if he ends up being like an Angolo Conte price for Liverpool, I don't even think then. I feel like you would take a chance on a on an attacking midfielder. I was say, you didn't even own Angolo yeah. Conte at any yeah. point. No. I, I see this as being a sign a, a guy assigning who again makes Liverpool defenders even more valuable. Even more relevant. Now, Liverpool have also signed Naby Keita. That was done in January, so it's not a summer signing. But he'll be new to uh, FPL as well. Do you think he's going to be starting? Naby Keita? <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell. Honestly, I think Jurgen Klopp... Because I don't think he's going to be relevant. Jurgen Klopp has a midfield that is going to rival Pep's midfield yeah. last season. And even Liverpool's to some extent, although you know Klopp did fall into a starting eleven for the most part. Right now, I think it's impossible to tell. I think if you really want to start the season well, knowing which Liverpool players to own from week one, you've got to follow along in preseason. It's going to be really hard to tell otherwise, uh, and even then, it might be hard to, hard to know. I will say this: you mentioned Henderson and Milner being yeah. casualties here. I think that's a good thing. I think Jordan Henderson yeah. needs competition. I think this will provide it for him. And I think Milner is getting to the point. Milner was great last year. I, I, I would question any Liverpool fan who doesn't like James Milner. Mm -hmm. However, it's about that time for him to be a squad player. And a good LRD. Absolutely right. He he needs to Mark Noble himself. I was gonna say into... he needs to Mark Nobling the rest of this the rest of this career. That's and correct. I hope he is okay with that. As it, on an improving Liverpool club that is looking like they're starting to be able to win some trophies, I hope that he's okay with that. I, I, the club needs him, and, and he needs them. 
at this point in his career. Um, now, fantasy-wise, again, you know, I've made my case on Fabinho. Navi Keita, it's too soon to tell. It's going to come down to playing time. I mean, last year I mentioned City. You know, there were still a lot of relevant fantasy guys because they scored so many goals. Liverpool have that capability too. That could make Naby Keita relevant. At this point, I could not begin to predict. I have to wait to see if I'm going to own any of them. As of now, I'd probably go no, go somewhere safer. Yeah. But if he starts showing up in the starting lineup from every mid, uh, every preseason match, and there's some success there, and he's he's jiving well with Salah and Mane and Firmino, absolutely, I would consider it. My guess might be that his price isn't that expensive, and if that's the case. Might be interesting. Well, he'd have to be cheap, but I think even like Vinaldum was seven, seven and a half, or something like that. He was way over in this season. And, and we're doing the right thing here, I think, because you have to continuously think like if these guys are going to play, who are they going to play in the place of? Right. And then how will that change the results? And so if Keda is playing in the Vinaldum role, yeah. When Oldham didn't get forward very much. No. Nope. And not with much success. Now, could Keita do more? Maybe, but when Oldham was a very good offensive player for yeah. Newcastle. Yes. So it's hard to say at this point, at home. I'm going to say no for both. At home. Always at home. And even at home at yeah. Anfield. It's the weirdest well, thing. Well, no, I just, I, and I'm curious too. I mean, I think one of the big things that for Liverpool is, I mean, it's not related to signings necessarily, but if, if, FPL decides to change Mo Salah's position from f- midfield to forward, which I think they mentioned I'm themselves. Sure they yeah. So that, I mean, that changes things around too. It changed too things because for Firmino last year. For sure. And Firmino was still would have been, a, was one of the best people to own as a forward all last season. So I'm just curious, like, how does this affect uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain? I feel like that's like one of those guys that like looks like could have been a great bargain great value for his price last season but if you know if we get into one of these rotation disasters again it could just be you own Salah, Firmino, Mane it's we're all we're we're what we had last year again (laughs) you just pick one of those three guys or two of those three guys and just roll with it for the season and and you hope it works that's that's absolutely true and you're also gonna you're also gonna be following form you know Mm -hmm. uh you know Oxley Chamberlain for many matches when he first went to Liverpool, didn't do much, didn't play much. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden he started to work his way into Klopp's system, started to stand out after a couple of matches in, and then was outstanding until, you know, you're going to follow form. It, I mean, you're going to be tempted to try that with Liverpool because that's going to be who plays. Manchester United have made a couple of signings themselves so far in this summer window. The first one... Probably one of the more significant signings of the summer as a whole. Fred. Fred. The title of this podcast. <laughs> Let's just call him Fred. Uh, or Frederico Rodriguez de Paula Santos. We'll just call you Fred. Okay. We'll just call you Fred. <laughs> Signed midfielder from Shakhtar Donetsk. Sky for one. Sky Sports reminds us that his one of his primary comparisons is to Fernandinho. Hmm. That tells uh, me everything I need defense, to know. A box-to-box, yes, box-to-box, primarily defensive, but they just they describe him as really useful in building attack, moving from defense to attack. He'll be um, great for bonus points. Yes. So, same in the particular article. I don't know who who 
was individually responsible for it. But uh, in the projected lineups, you you probably think of it the same way that you did last season with Pogba, Matic, and whoever it was that was on the other side of Matic. So that was Fred occupying what would be the right side of the pitch. So um, like it, maybe it used to be Ander Herrera. Yeah, yeah. so whoever, whoever that was functioning there and so basically the argument for them was fred offers an athleticism and a and because of what he brings he's probably not going you know everyone in front of him too then becomes sanchez lukaku uh rashford lingard if they throw pogba up there is anthony martial still on the team uh after this summer uh, is Juan Mata still? Uh, did he fall completely out of Mourinho's favor? Will he ever see the pitch again for Manchester United? Like, so you have all those attacking guys. It just seems like Fred is one of those guys that's like, it feels a little bit like uh, Fabinho. Like, now, according could, to the profile I'm looking at, Fred is five seven, one hundred and thirty seven pounds. That's impossible. <laughs> Are you looking at teenage Fred Savage? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Are you you looking at Wonder Years era Fred Savage? (laughs) I think that's what you've clicked on. So when I first heard of Fred, I thought it was the Brazilian Fred that used to be a striker that still, I think, plays for a team in Brazil. Okay. But this is a different Fred. Yes, yes, it is. This is a younger Fred. This is a 25-year-old Fred, mm-hmm. not a 35-year-old Fred. Right, which makes uh, more sense. So therefore, I know yeah. nothing about this guy. Oh, okay. Except he's a five foot seven defensive midfielder. I think I'll take the six-two guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, as has been the case, if his if his price is inflated just by virtue of him being on Manchester United. Uh, even if he's in like an Ashley Young price, uh, I feel like even Matic was a little bit more expensive probably than some other guys that would have done better for you in midfield last season. It, yeah, it just seems like he's going to be in that same in that same price range. And again, is this what are you doing? Is with this him? Mourinho's Conte? Maybe because if that's the case, then that could have an effect, right? Is everyone kind of looking for a Conte? Yeah, I think you'd have to, right? Yeah. So it's a valid question. If that's the case, Fred, like Conte, like I think Fabinho will, I won't be selecting any of those players. Yes. In fantasy. But right. I think they will he will add value to whoever's playing, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it's same, a Phil same Jones. Thing, yeah, maybe agreed. a smalling. The same players thing. ahead of him, even. Ahead or behind. And yes. and or ahead or behind. I think I Correct. think it's gonna have we should come up with a term for this. You where I don't want to own that player, but he's gonna make the other players around him That's better. Right. Yep. You'd way Absolutely. rather have Fred in your Manchester United midfield than Ander Herrera, than Marouane Fellaini. Sure, if I had to select one, but I think guys like Fred will free up Pogba to go do the Pogba thing. And or you know, and and solidify Modic. If Mourinho allows yeah, it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. The other United yeah. signing is Diego Dello, 19-year-old from Porto. Diego Dallet. That's Defender. A, that's, that's exactly how you would say it. 
There's no relevance here, right? This is this uh, is a future. This uh, no, uh, in uh, Sky again, uh, the sense from them is that eventually he could be a threat to Antonio Valencia or Ashley Young. But who would dare challenge Antonio Valencia, the best right back in football, according to Jose Mourinho? No one. Serious, no one, but no seriously one is challenging. Valencia. Seriously, though, in that same, you know, in speaking of him. Uh, we should also remember that both Antonio Valencia and Ashley Young are 33 and both have expiring contracts mm. at the end of this season. So, I'm not saying you're going to see him in the lineup to start the season. He's not jumping in and replacing them right away. He's but 19. He's 19. He's 19. That's exactly it. So, they, are, the, are those two guys being phased out? Are they part of Mourinho's defensive revolution at at Manchester? I can't imagine that he would throw him out there right away, but I don't know. Maybe you see him sooner than later. But you're not not starting the season with him. No matter if he's three three and a half dollars, you might start with him as a fifth defender because that's something you would do. He could be loaned out to Cardiff or Wolves to start the year. You think? See that? Who knows? Those three clubs are the only three of the top six who've made any signings to this point. But another club, a perennial mid-table club with a new manager, West Ham United. Uh-huh. The hammer's making noise! They've had a couple of decent signings so far. New manager Manuel Pellegrini making a, a good summer of it so far, uh, including probably the latest addition to this list, Lucas Fabianski, goalkeeper. Only seven yep. million badillion dollars. What actually, a, that's what actually a, real. What a Seven bargain. million pounds or whatever. I feel like that's... Now, granted, he's he's 33. Yeah. Okay? But goalkeepers can play longer, right? I See, mean, they don't get aged out as quickly. Buffon, 40. Yeah, and rumor going to PSG. This is not a uh, League Un podcast. That's right. <laughs> so, Luke Fabianski was fantasy relevant for a crap club, Swansea, yes. which was relegated. Yep. Now... Here's my question, kind of a twist on our on our question of this podcast today: Is Fabianski equally relevant as he was for Swansea, or is he the next Joe Hart? Here's what will be interesting to see. Hold so, on, Brian, as a as the uh, resident Hammers fan, here's well, what closet Hammers fan. You do you love this? Here, yeah, a yes, okay, this is amazing. Yeah. B, what would concern me is Swansea seem to have to play defensively. They seem to have the identity established in their defensive players. The guys that were out there, by the end of the season, Federico Fernandez, Alfie Mawson, Martin Olsen, and Kyle Naughton. That was the four guys you saw week in and week out, and they knew, it seemed like, they seemed like they had their identity. I just, I just I have don't, to stop you for a second. Yeah. We're a month out from the end of the season, and you just rattled off from memory Swansea's back four. Yes. <laughs> we are absolutely a fantasy Premier League podcast. Here's the thing. Listen. <laughs> well done, sir. What would make me nervous is West Ham sucked. <laughs> and their defense, like, are, is Pablo Zabaleta still going to be there? Is he still starting for them? If he's still starting for them, then... No, thank you. I don't think so. so. Although he did play for Pellegrini. So this is my thing. Yeah, five years ago. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know, Aaron Cresswell and and uh, 
who else was there in their defense? Oh, um, Ogbana, Angelo Ogbana. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just looking at those names. You're just seeing the way West Ham played. Yeah, sure. They had moments. They had there was time there, even where uh, Adrian was was a useful goalkeeper. So Fabianski's better than anyone that they've thrown out there. What for two two or three seasons? Fabianski was my backup every week. Yeah. Every week. He got, what was he, third overall? He was third overall. Time? And was, I didn't get any only, of those points. He was only one point behind Ederson. Sure. By the end of the season. And a lot of that was saves. Yeah. Occasional clean sheets. Occasional penalty saves. West Ham, if, like, I just have this, there's certain clubs, and I, I know this isn't always true. This is me with faulty thinking. This is you know, my bias showing or whatever, but there's certain clubs. I just it automatically assume they're going to end every match in a two, two draw uh-huh. Bournemouth West yes. Ham. Yeah. Are the top two on that list. That's not also full. If also, I own a goalkeeper also, uh, most likely to lose three, nothing like to get completely stomped. Yeah. So the, the, so there's two other things. One, if he goes from four and a half dollars to start the season to five dollars to start the season, if he pulls like a Jordan Pickford from from yeah, last year, or Jor- a, Jordan a good, Pickford starts at, yep, started at five, then I think you start looking at that again. Then you start <sighs> saying like, I don't know. I hate that you're saying that. Then that's a value statement. I know, and but, I hate that. But is he going to score points? But you're not going to start. What I'm saying is, you're going to start the season. So many people are going to start the season with David de Gea. It's going to be a no-brainer. We're going to. It doesn't matter if he's eight dollars. I'm going to start with De Gea as my goalkeeper because he was, because he was 15 points or 16 points better than Ederson in second place, and he didn't even play the last game. So, I think that's going to be a no-brainer decision for a lot of people. The question is, if you're going to try to find one of those lower guys, if you're going to find this year's Lursel or Matt Ryan or one of the other cheapy cheapy guys from last season. Five dollar Fabianski in in West Ham. I just don't think he's going to be your guy. I think I, there there would be two other goalkeepers we're going to talk about on this pod alone, who maybe would fit the bill better. Than the Fabianski. only thing, Brian Issa Diop, Jop. He's a new West Ham or West. Yeah, moving he, on then. He's a new West Ham signing. He's not yeah. on our list. You were asking who is going to be playing in uh, front of in front of in Fabianski, front of yeah. Fabianski. This twenty-two million pound defender—that's a lot of money. Okay, okay, but bottom line is, you're not going to start the season with Fabianski, right? You got to wait. You got to wait. I, don't you? The only way I would do it is if he's if he's four and a half dollars, sure, as my I agree. as my second guy. I agree, and that's it. And okay, then, all right. That's the only way. If he's more than that, I'm not doing it. And he is behind two other guys on my interest list of backups yeah. on this pot alone. So, teaser for what's to come. There's another West Ham signing I want to talk about from newly promoted Fulham, Ryan Fredericks. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of those signings that we won't know till about six, seven, eight games in when he's starting every week opposite Cresswell that how, how good that signing is. He was extremely valuable for Fulham last year to get promoted to the Premier League. No goals, though, in the championship last year. And I'm not saying goals are everything. Uh, obviously, assists count, too. Uh, but it's just something to maybe make you pause. See, 
that's the type of guy, if I can find out and or see that he's starting, he probably will, his starting price will probably be low four, fives um, or yeah, four even. No, maybe yeah. even four. Yeah. And those are the types of guys I like to try to keep my eye on, see if I can put him in my fifth defender spot. So wait and see on Fredericks. We're not doing so well here so far for FPL. Relevance. No, not at all. But it's not that there isn't value to be had somewhere in this podcast. It's coming. Uh, I want to go to uh, a guy. So far, he's the only signing for the club that he signed for. But it's a guy that we know because he was loaned to this club last year. I'm looking at Newcastle. I know who you're talking about. Goalkeeper Martin Dubrovka. Permanent deal. Amazing permanent deal. That's my backup goalkeeper. Yes. So let me give you some stats. Oh. 53 points for Martin Dubrovka. Starting in week 27. 53 points, to fantasy points, from week 27 to week 38. That's amazing. Let me give you some perspective from other players that were at the top of the goalkeeper list in the fantasy Premier League in that same span of time. Loris, uh, Loris Karius, 56 points from week 27 on. Jack Butland, one of the darlings of the end of last season, 52 points from week 27 on. Hugo Lloris, way better than I would have thought based on his overall performance at the end of the season. Lloris had 53 from week 27 on. Jordan Pickford had 50. Nick Pope had 39. Fabianski had 51. David De Gea, your overall points leader from for the entire season, finished with 37 points from week 27 on. Martin Dubrovka was one of the was tied for the second most from week 27 on, of all goalkeepers. Wow. At the end of the season. He plays, Rafa Benitez will still be there, only going to continue to improve the squad. Yep. His philosophy, his, his, you know, his persona only infiltrating this club more. I see this as a value, as a valuable, yeah. as a valuable signing, and I see it valuable not just in real life, but in fantasy. And he's, there's, he's that guy that, because he was a late season addition, because he didn't go bonkers scoring, like it's not like he finished with ten clean sheets in the last ten right. weeks or something like that. He is going to be cheap. He will be one of those four and a half dollar guys. That's, that's right. like that really then becomes oh yeah, no brainer. I can I'm buy De Gea that. now because yeah. I feel great put, about my. I'm backup. putting that guy in, yep. and I don't have to buy Dubrovka's. Uh, I don't have to handcuff Dubrovka. Correct. Right. Correct. Absolutely right. Dave, do you disagree with any of this? Nope. Good. I think uh, Dubrovka will be a second goalkeeper darling to start the year indoor. Some people might even be ballsy enough to have him number one. He'll well. be he'll be next season's Rob Elliott. He could be. Have we looked at the <laughs> fixtures? That's an insider reference right there. Yeah. Have, have we looked at the fixtures? Now, all this talk about Dubrovka being valuable for yeah. fantasy. Let, right. Let's put this in perspective. Yeah, Here's the first eight fixtures for Newcastle. Tottenham at Cardiff, Chelsea at City. Arsenal, at Palace, Leicester, at United. <laughs> that is a murderer's row of an it's, opening eight. It's not ideal. <laughs> Look, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it has to get a lot easier after that. Well, right? but here's the thing. If you're buying him as your back... Okay, so that just eliminates your your thought, Dave, of someone owning, owning him as a number one. The, yeah, there's no way you're owning him as a number one. Not at the start one. of the season. No. Buy him as your backup. There's value there still. Through all that, his price might drop. 
Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's just going to all it would ta- that's the be. thing. All it will take is people buy a ton of people buying him the Rob Elliott effect. A ton of people buying him to start with, and then a massive amount of those people changing yeah. their minds because one of the lower guys, you know, one of the promoted side guys starts, you know, with a clean sheet or something yeah. like that. And people make the, yeah. people make the the even dollar switch from Dubrovka to someone else. But that schedule doesn't scare me if his role is to be my backup keeper. It doesn't scare me. Hey. I mean, they're going to play those those clubs at some point. Fabianski played for Swansea. There were weeks when I was not going near Fabianski, but you know what? I kept him as my backup keeper. It's true. And sometimes yeah. in those matchups when they make like 11 saves. Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, right. and so exactly but the other thing right. too is if you're st- if you're picking someone else based on schedule or something like that as your number 1 goalkeeper to start the season. If you're if you're getting your backup like this, the one thing you know for him He's not getting subbed, barring injury. True. There is no, there's no competition for him. Rob Elliott is not getting healthy all of a sudden and coming back and taking back the starting job. This is the guy. So, I mean, it feels a little bit like Ben Foster from West Brom. Like, I feel like you, the one thing you know for sure is you're getting consistency of starts. So, your second guy, you're never swapping him. What are you doing with it? You're not gonna switch that guy out every once in a while just to improve your second goalkeeper. All right, moving to uh, three clubs next who are looking at quantity, perhaps over quality. We'll decide that here in a second. We'll start with Leicester City. Three Mm -hmm. signings already for Leicester City. Yep. Two defenders of those three. We'll start with Ricardo Pereira from Portugal. Man, I was so excited about this because I felt like this was like a good way to get a sneaky guy in there and sure enough the freaking Premier League themselves are plugging this guy to start the season really yes <laughs> a Leicester defender from Le- Portugal Leicester Mercury is optimistic can I give you an exact quote yes Portuguese defenders reunion with Claude Puel could be a match made it heaven there's a typo. There's, there. there's a typo in there. <laughs> match made in heaven, obviously, is what they're going for. No, he. Oh, they just talk about how Lester Mercury just talks about how he R- Ricardo Pereira uh, was with Puel at Nice, uh, and it, it credits Puel with basically improving him to the point of having any to to having confidence to be able to even perform at a professional level. Can I give you another quote? You'll love this. Uh, I'm calling him George Friend 2.0. Lester Mercury says, Lester are getting a humble, down-to-earth, and lovely man, a tireless worker, who is equally intelligent as offensively dangerous. Mm. Now that is high praise. That's quite the compliment. That's character and ability. He scored two goals in the Portuguese league last year. Uh, Okay, so in or no, Brian? Price? Depending on price? I'm saying in. Here's why. Wow. <laughs> Here's why. All right. One, uh, he's naturally right back, but he played just about any position he needed to in midfield or defense when he played for Puel before. Um, in that same article about him, the Lester Mercury lists a handful of reporters from various places who see the $25 million fee to acquire him as nothing short of a steal. Uh, including Portuguese journalist Tiago Estevão, 
who says, and I quote, Ricardo is Portugal's best right back, and it's not even close. Huh. He will, third thing, his competition, Danny Simpson. <laughs> I would have a feeling he's going to win that competition. Yeah. This is, right. I think this is a guy to seriously watch, and depending on where he starts uh, in terms of price, yeah. Start the season with him. Brian's bringing the fantasy game hey, tonight. Hey, Leicester's schedule isn't horrible. Okay. it's They start at United. Don't love that. They're home to Wolves. Then they're at Southampton. Then they're home to Liverpool. At Bournemouth. Home to Huddersfield. At Newcastle. Yeah, there's some matches home there to, where you would play. Yeah, home to Everton. Sure. So... <clears throat> and that's and it very well could be you see the first team you see what they do you know you see kind of yep. how things play out the rest of the summer the fact that he has an established good working relationship with the existing manager yeah you got like is that. huge yeah yep. uh, not just a guy who he's played with before but a guy that he says this guy changed my professional life so yeah and a big money signing, too. I mean, I'm always a little hesitant when it comes to a guy who's coming from outside of England to play in England for the first time. Yeah. You just never know how they're going to acclimate. You never know how they're going to respond to playing in a different kind of league. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a little comforted by the fact that this is a guy coming in who knows his manager, at least. Yeah. Well, and I just think, you know, you look across the line. You know, if you have Harry Maguire, it might be Wes Morgan. Who knows? We can talk about Johnny Evans in a second. Ben Chilwell. Chilwell. You throw him on the right side? You're right. You're right. That's Brian. not bad. And Schmeichel. And Schmeichel. And Casper Schmeichel. Yep. That is not bad. I agree. That Listen, their defense, there could be multiple players in their defense at the beginning of next year that are worth owning. Yeah. Absolutely. And this guy probably will be cheaper than Chilwell. We'll see how that plays out. Chilwell had such a good. Second half it yeah. became well. I should say he, he because of his cheap price became such a go-to for so many people as like a yeah. fourth or fifth defender. I can't imagine he doesn't start higher. I, know, I mean, though. he starts at least higher. Yeah, but, but if the hype on Pereira continues, you have to believe the FPL is going to pay attention to that. Yeah, that leads me into Johnny Evans, the other defender signing coming from relegated West Brom, staying in the Premier League, joining Leicester City. I don't think any of us owned him when he played for West Brom. Does it change no. that he's now going to be playing for Leicester City? Robert Huth is Maybe. 33. Maybe. Huth is 33. Wes Morgan is 34. I feel like Johnny Evans for West Brom was hurt a lot last year. Johnny Evans is 30. He missed 10 matches. He yeah. played 28 matches in the Premier League. At the minimum, and this is a very, this is the bare minimum, I think you could we could all agree... Leicester adding Johnny Evans is not the worst thing they could do. I, I For Leicester City in real life. Right. But fantasy, I'm, in real I'm life, not going near him. Leicester City adding Johnny Evans. It's a good move. Good move. Agreed. Fantasy-wise? Manchester, nah. Manchester City was trying to add him. So so rumors say. So, so, so rumors right. say Last Arsenal. Year, yeah. So rumors say Arsenal was as well. Right. So somebody saw value with him. Whether it's English player bias or not, like there's still a reason to, you know, and you're getting a guy who is quality and shown yeah. quality at West Brom, even in the middle of their dismal year last year. 
Hey, you never know what old Johnny might pull out of his bag of set piece tricks. <laughs> he could show up. He's going to be cheap. You know that. Uh, what are they going to do? They're going to start him at $5 or something like look, that? There's let, no way. Let's assume he starts, and then we need to move on because we've given him enough time. But let's assume he starts. I would probably rather own Chilwell, very possibly Pereira, and obviously Maguire. Yeah, Maguire's the obvious guy. Sure. But you'd think Maguire's going to go up. Five and a half? That would be my guess. Yeah. yeah I'm going to wrestle probably. with wanting to buy him I even know. on a good defense. I know. That defense might be better along with that schedule than we think. Yeah, but don't forget, Claude Puel was good for a spell as new Leicester manager, but I'm still not convinced he's a long-term Premier League manager. That Southampton spell is still kind of weighing on me. He was good last year for most of his time at Leicester. But, I mean, there's reason for me to just kind of stop and just look. Last signing for Leicester... Everyone's getting all hot and bothered about James yeah. Madison. 14 goals in 44 matches in the championship last year yeah, for he Norwich the, City. He was the Pascal Gross of the championship. 21 years old, now on Leicester. He's coming up. He's lo- He's got Pascal Gross numbers. But you're not uh, going to look at this guy to start the year, right? you got to wait and see. In the championship team of the season, he, okay. could, he could be Aaron Moy. Uh, which is, I didn't which know is exactly, which is, there, which is not great. And if, but, if my three to one ratio for championship to Premier League goals holds true, <laughs> this guy's going to get four to five goals the next only, year. In the, the one stat in his favor is that he created the most chances of anyone in the championship. Uh-huh. Scott, that's a good stat, man. That is not a bad stat at all. However, even though he's unanimously seen as one of the best young talents in England. I can't... I, you're not going to just leap into James Madison to start your season. If FPL had a legacy league, something where yeah. I could carry players over from year yep. to year, something like that, maybe I'd jump on him now. Yeah. Right? Now, the first yeah. chance I have to own him, maybe. Yeah. But of course, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah, it, it, has, he, to be, it has to be waiting. He's going to have to show me. Yeah. Right. Good. All right. But he is 21. But good for him. Again, another guy that is kind of like good for you, Lester. Great signing. This is a great. Lester's signing. been making great signings. Yeah. They really and have so far on paper. Great signing. The other club that has made three confirmed signings so far is Watford. Watford, first one, Ben Wilmot, defender from Stevenage. You know what Ben Wilmot's advantage is with Watford? What's that? Well, there's two. He he told the Watford Observer that he picked Watford based on his opportunity to play f- with the first team. He's so young, so he he didn't pick other teams that were pursuing him, knowing that he would have had to spend time with like the U23s with Tottenham or something. Like sure, that. he's 18 years old right now. The other thing that's in that's an advantage to him is let me list the other players that Watford have at center defense. <laughs> Craig, Ka- Craig Cathcart, Jonas Kabul, Christian Cabasele, Sebastian Prodel, Miguel Britos, and Adrian Mariapa. Three of those guys spent half the season or more injured and or suspended from red cards. <laughs> so <laughs> red cards. And and what was Mariapa, Dave? The cheapest crap you could buy and feel okay about it the I'll fifth for you. defender Completely true dave's right. fifth defender strategy yeah 
Maybe why, more relevant. Why spend money in your fifth defender, Scott? Daggone it. Come on. Just admit that. Uh, because How often did you play five defenders last year? That wasn't the point. The point is, is the, point. the point is depth at defense. No, that is matters. The point. If you, you never need, play them, what does it matter? You need well. Bit. That's the thing. Like I, I didn't automatically play a three-five-two or three-four-three. Three. I didn't automatic. That wasn't an automatic thing for me. I. But you never went five-three-two. I did a couple of times, believe it or not. But On usually, purpose? usually, <laughs> yes. But usually, it was because uh, injuries or. Uh, the, those those smaller game weeks forced me to, but I definitely played five defenders at the back at least once, if not twice, last year. Not necessarily because that's my go-to uh, formation, of course, but I had a squad where I felt like I could do that. I didn't go all in on three one tier one and tier two defenders, and I didn't go all in on five tier one and tier two midfielders. Every guy had a role. My value i.e. My, my actual price, was spread throughout my squad, and um, it worked. This is the obligatory mention of my first place finish <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> it worked. So, like, I have a fifth defender who, if I need to play him, I will. Not someone who's 3.9 pounds, because that's what I need, because I overspent at midfield. I don't know. I might play five midfielders that are usable next season. With that said, I, we, because you said that, yeah. I am absolutely more inclined to play five midfielders. Yes. No question about but that. But I think you can still do that and have five usable defenders. You're just not going to have one of the primo guys. I mean, I definitely am going to... You can do it without it, for I'm sure. I'm definitely going to have a number one, number two, number three defender. Yeah. And then a number four who is going to be a backup slash fringe starter, yep. depending on matchups. The fifth one, I get it, but I'm going to have a guy that I at least don't mind playing. Yeah. Well, but, and whether that's Ben Wilmot or Mark Navarro. So Mark Navarro is the other one, uh, other defender, probably a little bit more relevant this season, if I'm going to say so. A little so. older, for sure. 22, little, yeah. coming from Espanol, and uh, he can play right back or central defense. Yeah. No, I like, I mean, it, it seems like, it seems like quality. I I feel like my my memory of looking at the drop down list of of Watford defenders. It just seemed like that was the longest list of any uh, yeah, group of players that there was on the F, on FPL. Once again, I'm going to come back to let's not look at this guy in isolation. Let's drop him into his actual role. Am I going to own a Watford defender? Have I ever owned a Watford defender? Well, the answer for me is no. Well, the only the 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 popular guy was uh, Kiko last season. Feminia. Yeah, Kiko had those. Kiko had that run of games. You know, when Watford was was you know when they were getting some clean sheets, Kiko was Kiko was the clear attacking guy, and then he got hurt. And like a lot of these other guys, ended up spending a decent amount of time injured. Plus his mystery injury that he had there for a minute. Uh, I would trust someone like that. And then you would compare that on the overall trust meter for the rest of the fantasy Premier League, and I can't imagine that Watford defenders are very high on that list. You know nope, what I'm saying? Absolutely yeah, not. I do. I just want to apologize to everyone the fact that we just spent the last four to five minutes discussing Watford. Hey, maybe what? No, defenders. this is. <laughs> so listen, I am sorry. 
that we have done this. Look, uh, Christian Cabasele, where else are you going to hear hard-hitting fantasy analysis that includes the name <laughs> Christian Cabasele? All right. Maybe well, we're diving too deep. Yeah. All right, so this is going to pain you, Dave, but Gerard de Lefeu confirmed Good work Watford. No, for Watford. Now, see, that's worth discussing. Is it? Maybe. You going to own him? In or no? Uh, to start the season, no. Fifth midfielder, maybe? Possibility. Okay. Possibility. We'll see. Look, he's had his chances. He's someone who just kind of drifts back and forth between... He has a lot of potential and never does... <laughs> It's so <laughs> you know what? Hey, it's too bad he got hurt so quickly after he started for them. He he never was startable that much with Everton and he's on a, a worser team. I owned him two years not, ago you, and I'm never gonna own him again. You did not say worser. Yeah, I did. Okay. So I, again I said it's not even a word. So we can move moving on. All right. We will move on then to the club that has the most quantity of summer signings, which is Huddersfield Town. Four signings including one that was added to the list today let's just work our way down shall we well you can go quickly through ben hamer goalkeeper depth and competition for losel thank you very much uh the guy who did play for them last year on loan now he's signed with them terrence congolo for defender now this guy might be on the radar yep because he I had agree. a good end of the season yep he started the last seven he's gonna start for them to start the season and a fan favorite. Uh, he had 23 of his 30 points in the last 13 matches of the season. I know that's not a ton. Huddersfield had some terrible matches at the end. They yeah. were not... They, it's all or nothing with Huddersfield right. defense. So, I just think... But he's on the radar. I agree. He's right. on the radar. Assuming, assuming a cheap uh, promoted club level price, yes, absolutely. All right, now listen. For the first couple of weeks, you might not want to own a Huddersfield defender. Okay. They're, they're home to Chelsea, first game, and they're at City. After that, they're home to home to Cardiff, at Everton, home to Palace, at Leicester, and then they're and then they're home to Spurs. Do you think they'll have chance for Chelsea whenever they play Chelsea again, reminding them that they uh, blanked Chelsea at the end of the season last season? I think there might be a real good chance. Chelsea hasn't made any signings. They still have their manager. Everything's up in the air. Everything, Everything feels like a juggler. No. You want to you know things. how things are at Chelsea? Just keep listening to Eden Hazard talk. Yeah, I agree. My gosh. Come get me, Real Madrid. <laughs> Seriously. He is <laughs> okay. begging out. Come get me. Uh, moving along, Huddersfield signings. Ramadan. Ramadan yeah. Sobi you know from what? Stoke City. Good for him. Good on paper. Young, promising talent. Yeah, but I agree. Fantasy irrelevant. Owning him, no, but good. All right, especially for a real for, life good fantasy. No, well, especially for it's the worst offense in the Premier League last season. So yeah, anything that they add, anything in attacking talent that they add, good for them. I mean, I I just don't I don't remember owning a single Huddersfield player for a single week. How year. how much did you think about owning Rajiv Van Lapara? Last I think season. the one time, I think the one time we talked about him, uh, was the only time I thought about him. Right. So zero <laughs> percent. Exactly. I can't imagine that you're going to say, yeah. "Oh yeah, Ramadan's there." I'm going to think about him. Absolutely. Now. I'll only remember him because he played in, on Stoke last year. <laughs> Janino Bakuna, brand new signing, also a midfielder. I Pass. mean, comes from Groningen. 
Groningen. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Groningen. Pass. Okay, good. So that's Huddersfield signing. Hey, they're adding some depth, trying to avoid the uh, dreaded sophomore slump. Good for them. Not sure they're going to accomplish it. Seems like a tough task for them. Yeah. Brighton, with a couple of signings. Not sure much to say here. Leon Balogun from Mainz. Um, <laughs> you did so, not say that with confidence. I have no idea. <laughs> so Does it matter? Defender from Mainz. So right away, you have Chris Hutton saying already he will add depth to our defensive options. So, so Balogun is depth. Um, you definitely, the one thing you don't like is the way his last name fits with the current back line. Duffy, Dunk, Bruno, Bong, Balogun. No, <laughs> doesn't work. I'm um, oh, sorry, I got to pass. The one thing that is pretty fascinating about him, if you want to find an interesting article, is that he wrote his own article in the Players' Tribune. The title of the article, The Witch and the Super Eagles. And it's his own account of how he, uh, kind of how he ended up representing Nigeria. Uh, even at this year's uh, in the World Cup now, he's uh, German Nigerian descent. Interesting, and it uh, it involves visiting someone that he would describe as a witch, who saw a hole in his aura. Wow, I'm not joking. Okay, wow, interesting. You, you heard it here. Only. That is fantastic. Yes. You will never hear it Brian. again ever. Yeah, the other Brighton signing to this point forward. I think our first forward that we've brought up on this podcast so far, Florin and Ando, Ando, sure. Romanian, played in La Liga last year, scored seven goals. Intriguing. No, at least. Come on. I mean, Glenn Murray was intriguing. Considering I get it. Brighton was the fourth worst. Premier League scoring team, but look, Glenn Murray, uh, Locadia, uh, pass, pass, Joa, double pass, Homer Hemed, pass, pass, exactly. So, okay, you're adding so. another name to that list. Is Glenn Murray going to be Peter Crouching his <laughs> season this season? Is that is that where he's headed? Yeah, exactly. he was their only trustworthy guy last year. So uh, you don't how, want how any. many goals did he score, Brian? A lot. A crap ton compared yes. to what Scott said he was going to get. A lot. All right. I just want to say we're coming down to the end. We're obviously going through these guys pretty quickly, but don't leave us yet. Okay. We have a surprise? We've got, I mean, there's a big finish coming. Okay, here. let's do it. Let's there's, a, there's a club that is doing some big things. All right. Crystal Palace. One yep. signing. He's a goalkeeper, also from La Liga. Uh, Brian, how do I say this? Uh, Vicente Guaita? Guaita. Guaita. So uh, he did so good with um, Getafe. 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 (laughs) (laughs) He did so good with them in La Liga last season, it made club chairman Steve Parrish say, uh, we are pleased that we beat off the competition for his signature. Uh Uh-huh. We are pleased that we beat off the competition <laughs> for his signature. Yeah, I picked up on that. <laughs> Palace tried to do a deal for him in February. Yeah. Palace tried to do a deal for him in February, oh, but yeah. there was a dispute between mm-hmm. player and club as to the amount of the release. Sure. When, when Palace offered a reduced bid, they rejected it. 
led to a radio station reporting that one of uh, the club officials there accused Crystal Palace of trying to pull down our trousers. Mm, don't want to get pants. Well, I mean, in the office, based on Parrish's quote. Yeah, maybe, maybe he was. I don't know about that. I don't know what you mean. The deal was off, and that's why the Independent <laughs> said in February that Crystal Palace was, quote, left to muddle through the rest of the season with only Wayne Hennessy and Julian Speroni. Yeah. Sure. This is your Crystal Palace starter. Really? Wow. I think so. I really liked Crystal Palace at the end of the year last year. You um, kind of liked Wayne Hennessy at the end of the year I, last no, year. No, Dave has sworn me off Wayne Hennessy okay. forever. However... Uh, as you should they are they're focusing on keeping their guys yeah i mean there's reports this past week that zaha's getting major major money oh my gosh how could he not if he stays and accepts this yeah that helps that's big that's big for them really yeah. big uh, okay i still like dubrovka at some point yeah there's still a guy coming that i like Probably more okay. than this guy, but okay, on the radar. Can we say on the radar? Absolutely. Okay, on the yeah. radar. Well, hold on. I'm going to tell you something. I think that it's pertinent to look at. He's 31. Their schedule starting off, Brian, yep. is flipping amazing. Okay, good. Yeah, it's good. They start off at Fulham, London right. Derby. Sure. Then they're home to Liverpool. Okay. Obviously, you don't love that yeah, much, no, you but don't. it's your first home game. Crystal yeah. Palace, watch them win that game. Liverpool sucks, and then and then they're <laughs> then they're at Watford, home to Southampton, at Huddersfield, home to Newcastle, at Bournemouth, home to Wolves, and then at Everton. That's uh, all the way through October twentieth. Hey, they yeah. don't play another top sixteen. They play one in their first ten matches. Not then, bad. Then they play four in a row, but that's okay. You can, but you see yeah. my point. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That guy could be my starting goalkeeper to start the season. I would love to see it. Well, I don't know what's okay. I mean, that would be uh, a little crazy, but uh, I get your point, and that's good info for the for the folks listening at home. Sure. All right, we saved the promoted clubs for last. Okay. Two of the three have made signings to this point. Cardiff City first, two signings. Greg Cunningham, defender. Next. Uh, no. Any, hey, anyone? first. Next. No, no, no. I look. <laughs> You can say next. Anyone? I am mildly intrigued by Greg as a possible somebody to consider. Are, we, are to, we considering? On the radar. He played for Preston in the championship. At least year. from the perspective of long shot promoted club guy to keep an eye on. Okay. But you're not really going to own a Cardiff defender early Assuming in the season, he'll be right? one starting to cheap. Preston North End transfer. Same thing. Neil Warnock. Has said, loves the guy. Uh, Wales Online reminds us he was in the Manchester City youth program to when he first started. Yeah, I think a billion other people were in the Manchester well, City youth program. Look, the thing that's bad for him is he has no not not a second of Premier League experience. But yeah. no, it's it's versatile he's guy. Twenty seven versatile guy who could walk into the potential of a starting lineup that they like. I mean, so. granted, last year when guys like Bong and Dunk were a possibility for Brighton, I I laughed about that. I was like, I'm not going anywhere near those guys. Sure. Yeah. And people ended up owning them at various points in the season. So yeah. I get the potential, but come on. Next, Early on, there's no way. Next season, the only question is Andy Robertson and who else? Yeah, that's valid. 
Josh Murphy, their uh, forward signing is is also there. He scored seven goals in the championship. You want a big quote about Josh Murphy? Sure. From Norwich boss Daniel Farke. <laughs> okay. Farke. This, by the way, he comes from Norwich City as well. I'm sorry, Norwich. We you know, uh, Premier League has raided your club. Said it. Uh, I think it was a quote from sometime in November or something like that. It was toward the end of 2017. He said, if Josh Murphy, if he was really on a high, consistent level, he would not play for Norwich City. At his age, Manchester City, at his age, Manchester City or Liverpool would buy him for $25 million. He's not on this level yet, but we will work with him to try to bring so him on So it's that a level. consistency thing. Yes. But he's... This is a uh, yes. Rated. This is like uh yes. This is like uh uh if this guy can put it together like mentally, if he can do if you know his athleticism, mm-hmm. his ability off the charts. Yeah. The question is yeah, interesting. His championship to Premier League goal ratio means he's going to score twice. Yeah, he's going to score zero points for any of our teams. Yeah. We I want your conver- I just want it to be on record that yeah. your conversion rate for Glenn Murray was so wrong. Uh-huh. Just want to throw that out there. I mean, it was two to one instead of three to one. In fact, I, at some point, I need to, some form <laughs> Which of proof is that your sure. conversion rate has any sort of legitimacy. Uh, listen, if we worried about stats on this podcast, I would give them to you. <laughs> okay? okay? As it stands, three to one. <laughs> it worked for Andre Gray okay. two years ago. All right. Prove me uh, wrong. Glenn Murray, okay, two to one instead of three to one. I get that. I mean, I was looking really good at the start of the year on Glenn Murray. He just had a really good second half. Sure. Whatever. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> I, I'd make a bet he doesn't do that again. I'm not taking that. Okay, bet, good. We'll oh, man. I thought I was an easy one to win. All right. One last club. Three your, signings. Fine. Here's your guy. I know who you're talking about. Just do that. Well, let's, let's build this up all a right, little all bit. All right. right. I got to get people listening to the end here all right so we'll start with your favorite name willie bowley that's exactly right love him Def- so much i'm passing defender willie bowley uh-huh joining wolves uh willie bowley is uh it's italian sausage it is green peppers <laughs> it is uh double provolone I willie know. bowley <laughs> wait so you're saying he's named after a sandwich um a stromboli Oh, <laughs> okay. All right, I got you, Willie Strombo. We this is the most Bermany you've been in a while. Stromboli, yeah, brother. All right, are we are we moving? No, on? are we moving on from Willie Bowie? Yes. Look, all right, you're you're moving on from you're you're not starting unless you have somebody you know with a good reason to start with a Wolverhampton defender. I can't exactly. Imagine right. I can't imagine you're starting with a new Wolverhampton. Signing defender. Correct. I mean, he did play for them on loan last year. He played three-fourths of the matches, scored three goals, but uh, no. Raul Jimenez, forward, probably. Mexican national team. Go ahead, Dave. Interesting. Interesting, right? Forward. It is interesting. Third not, forward material? Not to be poo-pooed, maybe second. Second Come forward? Come on, David. You're lying to me. You're saying. Keep. Keep me on record right now saying that. Don't be wow, surprised if, if he doesn't have uh, some startability later in the season. Okay, I'm, I'll go so far as to say maybe third forward, but that's bold. That's bold. Just saying. All right, very good. I mean, last year it was Swansea. 
Yep. You own Swansea players throughout, quote unquote, value guys. They yep. scored points for you at lower price on a on a lower club, obviously relegated at the end of the year. You know, we're starting out. You know, Wolves was one of the clubs that's replacing Swansea and the other relegated clubs. So that's why we're looking at them and thinking maybe towards the back end of our lineups. But Raul Jimenez. You're talking about him as uh, he's your IOZ Perez. Maybe. Okay. Exactly. He At the end of the year, maybe could be. Well, okay. And then, and then drum roll, please. Rui Patricio, Scott, goalkeeper, this is, Sporting Lisbon. Will this be your that guy from this year's World Cup? In? I, and by the way, I've been looking for that guy. I know, I have been too. And I don't know who that is. Irving yet. Lozano. So far, Irving Lozano is the front runner to be that guy. That goal against Germany put him on everybody's radar. Like all the top yeah, clubs it, across the world are looking at Lozano. It, it wasn't just that goal, though. It was the Mexico goal. had a great game. They did, but. This is not a World Cup podcast. They did have a great game. However,. There's a reason why everyone's looking at the goal score. I'm telling well, you right now, he's the front runner. But Patricio's having a good World Cup now as today, well. Today, well, I when, mean, he gave up three goals against Spain. But when you watch the match from today, I think it will be, matter a lot more about that. Yeah, there are a lot of headlines about his performance today in the World Cup. Honestly, this is a potential game changer. I mean, there's a reason why all three promoted clubs. At some point in the season, two of the three early you know, before the season started went out and started with a new goalkeeper. You know, they bought Lursel, they bought uh, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Uh, you know, I mean, these are uh, these are international level goalkeepers, both of whom finished in the top ten right. for Premier League scoring, right. including Matt Ryan finishing fifth. Wolves happened to go out and get Rui Patricio, Portugal starting goalkeeper. Yep, significant. This is very significant. I'm not going to own him to start the season. I'm, I'll look at his price, but honestly, I think he's going to come in a little inflated because of his name value, uh, his name brand value. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if I ever came back to myself saying these words on this podcast episode right now at the start of the season. If some point during the season, I actually end up owning Rui Patricio. Scott, their schedule's not horrible. If you wanted to own him, you're starting at home, like that, against Everton, and you're at Leicester, home to City, at West Ham, home to Burnley, at United. Yeah. It's not great. I mean, it's not I like... It's bad either. It's not. I like Dubrovka. Like, my heart wants to go to a De Gea-Dubrovka type of setup yep. that we discussed earlier. But Patricio's going to be on the radar, just like we've talked about a number of guys being on the radar. Yeah, but didn't we say that Dubrovka you were not getting near because of his six? Not four near out of the my top six not near the- my starting lineup. Okay. But on my bench, sure. Like you said, he might give up he might I mean he might give up a goal, but he might also make nine saves yeah. and still get me five points. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's possibility there. Uh, I'm gonna look at that first, but Patricio, definitely on the radar. There's a couple other goalkeepers. I mean, right now, the story of the summer as we do this June edition of this transfer window pod is goalkeeper. Very little by way of attack, and a lot of clubs looking to shore things up starting at the back. Yep. That has been the story of the summer so far. Fascinating to kind of see that trend as we do this. We'll do this again in July with the guys who signed between this pod and when we record that pod. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we see some more aggressive in terms of gameplay yeah. signings among Premier League clubs. Well, that brings us to the end for this time, doesn't it? Felt good to be back talking about real FPL stuff again. It feels good to talk about. I think there was two things that were relevant in this podcast, but uh, and I mean, then maybe like I'm six being more on the radar. Touch skeptical. No, no, no. It's oh, listen. It's always tough, right? But there, there. I think there is actually a lot of nuggets in here that we're going to be able to look back on and say, "Wow, you know what? We were kind of on that then." Listen, anyone who listened to this pod all the way through. You at least have the awareness to know yep. more about guys and options that you have when the season starts, and you're not going to be guessing as much as the next guy. Yep. No, I agree. I think, and look, and that's what we try to do is what we we do what we love to do is talk about the, the Premier League, but also if we can help people along the way, look, just listen to Scott, at least for the first half of the season until – December, and then when I'm beating him, and then you can start listening to me. <laughs> Do you really think that's going to happen? I've, I can't wait for it to happen. I think you're dreaming. Um, hey, listen, Scott, we're going to continue to have some pieces on the website. Yeah. And uh, along with the uh, the Twitter account, yeah. at Fancy Soccer FC, we'll continue right. to direct towards that. Yep. And uh, we will continue to... Yeah, I took a quick look at, at Game Week 1, the schedule what matchups might be favorable in terms of who you want to buy from uh, to start, you know, transfer in to start the FPL season. Uh, this coming weekend, I'll take, I'll expand that because really I like, especially in those first three months of the season, I like to go from international break to international break. Yeah. Uh, that was especially the case when the transfer window closed at the end of August. It's a little less so now that the transfer window is going to be closing before the season starts. Thank goodness. Um, you're welcome, Premier League, for you know us giving you that idea. But anyway, <laughs> um, a little less relevant. But at the same time, it's still a good kind of a milestone marker for your for you and your own FPL club. So I'm going to take a look as well at everyone's game weeks one through four schedule this coming weekend. Expand from just game week one. Look at the first four weeks to see, you know, kind of like we did tonight. Are there any clubs or schedules you just want to avoid? Uh, anyone who plays for that club or guys that you might want to jump on. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Manchester City has an amazing schedule to start the season. Like they needed a head start. I know, right? Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time, 